Friday night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's time for the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles C. Hamilton. Oh, it is good to be back. Friday Night Football on Sports 1140 KHDK, your hub for high school football scores, updates, conversation. We have it all right here for you on the number one high school football show in all of California. I'm making that claim because I can. My name is Matt George, back after two weeks off. I've gone two weeks. Uh, I've had to keep my eye on the scoreboard, but I'm not getting all the fresh and juicy details uh, that my uh, my co-host Charles T. Hamilton uh, and our partner in crime, uh, Chris Watkins, in the other room. They've been able to uh, continue going and been carrying the load greatly uh, while I have been out on uh, on honeymoon. But I am back, and uh, I'm ready to talk some high school football. Charles D. Hamilton, what did I miss? Nothing. No? Nah. Nothing. I mean, I'm still waiting for, you know, the thanks for allowing you to get married. I thought it was pretty nice of us. You basically yeah. officiated my wedding. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. No, man, it was a good two weeks. We had uh, Delaware head coach Jeff Walters in, brought in a couple players. That was great. Joe Davidson still just... The God just telling us everything that we've ever needed to know about any high school team around here. The guy is a freaking encyclopedia of knowledge about sack walking football. Uh, it's it's been a pretty crazy couple weeks, man. You missed some good ball. I'm not gonna lie, you missed some good football. And uh, we're I'm trying to recap and catch up as much as possible. I also heard that you had in studio uh, some guys from the Delaware Golden Eagles uh, sure last week. I want to hear all about that, but uh, we don't have any time to lose here. We have to get to this scoreboard uh, because speaking of Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee, he's set to join us here in just a couple of minutes. So Chris, you know what to do? Fire that button in there. Let's go through this scoreboard here on this Friday night. We're in October, Chuck. It is October football, which means we are well into uh, the start of league play. Uh, and then uh, it's it's starting to get to that point where you're you're keeping your eye on the next guy in front of you, uh, but playoffs are starting to become in the back of your mind. So we're paying attention to all that as we look at our scoreboard here on October 5th. Or, yeah, excuse me. It is October 5th. Yes, it is. Friday Night Football Edition. Starting off with a big game at Elk Grove. It's Jesuit and Elk Grove. A high scoring affair, but Jesuit's able to take the win. The final there, 42 to 21. McClatchy taking on Laguna Creek. McClatchy able to get the win there, 24-18. Sonora putting up 41 points while holding Argonaut to just seven. They take that one, 41 to 7. Oak Ridge taking on Del Oro. Del Oro puts up a big number to beat Oak Ridge. They get the W 56-21. Del Oro remains undefeated. This one stings. This one stings. Wood Creek has now lost two in a row after falling to Indercom last week. They lose to Antelope 27-25. to Foothill taking on center. Foothill gets the W 24-14. Lincoln and Ponderosa. Lincoln at home puts up 35 points. Holds Ponderosa to 28 to get the W. Folsom going head-to-head with Whitney. We have some news on Folsom we're going to get to later and with Joe Davidson. Folsom gets the big win 63-7. to Folsom Still has just the one loss, but that one loss is to De La Salle. Oakmont looking for some much-needed momentum heading into a big game against Placer next week, and they get that this week on the road. They beat Nevada Union 29-20. to Armio taking on Wood. Wood lays the wood. <laughs> hey. They get the W 49-6. to Edison puts up 37 points, holds Bear Creek to 14. Edison getting the victory. Lindhurst taking on Bear River. Bear River puts up 49, while the other team puts up nothing. Foothill and center in a, uh, a close affair. A little bit more low scoring than we expected, but Foothill is able to get the victory 24-14. Another big number here. Escalon taking on Riverbank. Escalon gets the W, 62-6. to I brought up Placer. We're going to be hearing from their radio broadcast team in just a little bit, but they had a great game against Rio Linda, putting up 48 points, holding Rio Linda to 23. Placer is now 7-0. and Wood Creek taking on Antelope. Antelope got the W in a close game. You don't see a lot of close games in high school football, so I always enjoy seeing this. Antelope 
with the win, 27-25. to 25. And last one for you, Colfax. They just keep on rolling. We said a couple of weeks ago we really have to keep our eye on what Colfax is doing. They just can continue to defensively be a juggernaut of a team while putting up a lot of points, 43 to nothing over Marysville. They get the job done there. That is a look at our scoreboard. You can check out the full scoreboard of all of the games uh, on tap here tonight at khdk.com right now. You can also go there to vote on next week's uh, game of the week and more. But right now, switching gears to our guy. I call him the uh, high school football guru in the Sacramento area from the Sacramento Bee. If you have any questions remotely having to do with high school sports, uh, sports but especially high school football this is the guy to go to it is joe davidson i've i've been on withdrawals joe i haven't talked to you for two weeks chuck's been doing a great job uh, holding things down in my stead but it is great to be back and good to hear your voice again uh how are you my friend how have these last weeks been for you well we didn't even know you were gone matt what was going on in your life you <laughs> yeah unfortunately i uh or well fortunately for me unfortunately yeah, for yeah. her let's put it that way backtrack yeah well congratulations and um I mean, come on! You can't get married during football season. That's what I'm season. saying. You know, she must have. She must have made the rules on that one. It That's took some negotiating. And initially, she wanted in October, and that there was no chance it was going to happen in October, right in the thick of the MLB playoffs, the start of the NBA, NFL going on, and of course, high school football. Uh, there, it couldn't happen in October, so we had to compromise with late September. But I appreciate the uh, the well wishes, my friend. But you were out there at that uh, the Del Oro Oak Ridge game, a major game, and Del Oro they just continue to roll. I saw you just tweeted out that you're calling them a super team. This Golden Eagles, they just don't stop. Well, a very impressive team. Coach Jeff Walters, a second-year coach. He's an alumni, alum from the school. A lot of coaches on that staff are, including uh, special teams coach Bill Sherman, was our Sacramento B Defensive Player of the Year in 2005. And Bill Sherman loves Johnny Rocket Guzman, uh, who had a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown tonight and a 97-yard kickoff return. Same play, right down the sideline. Uh, don't kick to this guy. He will punish you. He's had four touchdowns on kickoff returns of 90-plus yards. Just I, I, That's the most I've ever seen from an area guy that I remember. It's, there's no real records on that that I could find. Uh, but that's just unusual, um, you know, for, for a guy to keep doing that. And, and Del Oro is a, a complete outfit. Carson Jarrett plays really well quarterback. And Dawson Hurst at receiver and – uh, all kinds of running backs, and the defense is strong. It was 48-7 at one point, and the defense didn't allow a, an offensive touchdown until late. Um, and Oak Ridge is a really good team. So here comes Del Oro, 7-0, charging towards Week 10 with a home showdown for the Sierra Foothill League Championship, it seems, against Folsom, which has been in the Sierra Foothill League since 2013, has won 27 in a row in that league. And, of course, we could talk about this, too, if you want, but the, the league wants Folsom out, which is a nice, odd little twist. Absolutely. But, uh, so, yeah, so, so Folsom's loaded, but Del Oro's right there. Um, and Folsom's the best until somebody knocks him off. I know that's pretty obvious, but that, that just hasn't happened much this decade. Definitely, and we are absolutely going to get to Folsom. Great article by you about the uh, the situation going on there, which is kind of odd. But I want to get back to Del Oro. Uh, I actually had Coach Jeff Walters and a couple of their players in last week. Uh, just a great time, a couple of great kids, and, and Jeff Walters is as impressive as any coach I've spoken with. And I like that you called them a super team because what we've seen from them is it's every facet of the game. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bill Sherman right there, their special teams coach. They raved about him. The the two uh, kick return touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns on the day. Carson Jarrett, another two uh, two passing touchdowns. It It's just... It's a complete team. Is this maybe the best team you've seen or the best chance that a team has at maybe unseating Folsom here? Well, for a local team, um, well, that's a good question. Um, Folsom's so impressive. And Folsom has those skill guys, the Nagata brothers and Caden Bennett, the quarterback, and Elijah Badger, the other national recruit receiver. You know, I don't know how anybody – around here can match up with those guys. And, you know, you get them a little bit of open space and they take off. And Folsom's got the great offensive line. But the way Del Oro's rolling, it's, it, it appears it should be a competitive game. But we have seen Granite Bay, Rockland, Del Oro, in years past, come rolling into a showdown with Folsom and then just get mowed under. And um, and, and they're, they take their hats off to Folsom for just having – 
a scheme that they just can't seem to solve. Uh, and that's that spread option football. And it's really not Caden Bennett pitching or running. It's him dropping back and picking the, the defense apart. Last year he rushed for 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. Caden Bennett of Folsom did. This year I think he's got like 50 yards rushing. He's not running the ball. He's just straight, but he's a terrific runner. So that's going to be interesting. Of course, DeLauro doesn't want to look too far ahead. DeLauro has Grant next week in Del Paso Heights, and Grant just won tonight 41-36 on the last second touchdown from Xavier Johnson to, to Sean Colvin to beat Rockland 41-36. So Grant's dangerous. Uh, you know, what's the old cliche, one game at a time. But, of course, they've got Folsom, you know, at the end of the, 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 the regular season as a, as a real target. Um, everybody does. I think a lot of people want to see Folsom go down for a lot of reasons. I mentioned to them last week, I definitely had that Folsom game uh, circled on my schedule. They were not biting. But uh, is this just kind of lucky scheduling that uh, that it's going to be the last week of the season? Or, or did they kind of realize that Del Oro was going to be good? And I mean, it sets up perfectly. Last week of the season, Del Oro, Folsom. Well, yeah, and that's just coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, over the years, it seems like in, in recent years, the Week 10 game is it's usually a Granite Babers, Del Oro, or... Uh, Oakridge versus Folsom. So that's just the way it worked out. That'll be our number one versus number two. So that's, it's convenient for media, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, Joe, I want to get to the the article, controversy, however you want to put it, with Folsom right now, that all of a sudden now teams in the SFL are trying to make them go independent because of their dominance and I guess what is referred to as a high level of transfers, even though they dispute that. Just what what can you tell us about this kind of really weird situation that popped up in the middle of the season? Yeah, uh, what happens is the Sierra Foothill League, as we know, is the best football league in Northern California with Grant, Granite Bay, Del Oro, Folsom, Oakford, Rockland, just, you know, Whitney. Uh, and once a month, this league will have a meeting for the coaches or athletic directors or administrators. In the September 19th meeting held at Granite Bay, with uh, athletic directors and principals, the agenda had all kinds of stuff about budgets and, and other sports. And then the last item was Folsom competitive equity safety. And the Folsom assistant athletic director, Bobby Fresquez, who's also their top head assistant coach to uh, Chris Richardson, said, he said, quote, we felt ambushed. We had no idea this was being discussed. These other coaches have been discussing this without our knowledge. Folsom coach Chris Richardson said in the story, too, on SACB.com, he goes, nobody in this league, no coaches asked me about any of this. And so at issue is this perceived unfair advantage that Folsom has with open enrollment. And what that means is open enrollment means you can have incoming freshmen come from anywhere, uh, or you could have incoming sophomores, incoming juniors. Their campus is not closed, whereas a lot of high school campuses are impacted or full. So they can't take in new students. And um, so that's an issue for these other coaches. Uh, The other coaches feel like a whole flood of athletes are going into that school, even as incoming freshmen. And the coaches do do not like the whole vibe of these blue chip guys winding up at Folsom, you know, the Nagata brothers and Caden Bennett. However, those guys came in as incoming freshmen. So they're not transfers. Um, so they, the, uh, the SFL coaches wonder how come there's so many new faces on the JV team for Folsom that were not on the freshman team last year. Folsom coach Chris Richardson says, hey, I'm always recruiting kids on our own campus. We are not knocking on doors trying to get kids to come to our school, and, but we will coach the heck out of guys who are cleared and ready to go. So it's interesting, but it's not going to happen. It's going to be a long shot for Folsom to get moved out of that league to be pulled out of that league and put into an independent schedule, meaning you just play any way you could find, um, has to have unanimous approval. And Folsom's not going to vote for it. Grant High School has said it will not vote for it. And Del Oro, I believe, is undecided. So it's not even close to being unanimous. And Grant's attitude is, you know how we deal with a big challenge like Folsom? Beat them. And so that's – I appreciate the coaches going on the record and, and expressing their concerns and talking about it. A lot of times, any kind of story that has any kind of touchy issue, people go off the record. And that's not, you can't have much of a story if nobody goes on the record. So uh, it's very interesting. It's unusual, highly unusual for this area. 
especially for a public school, this is more of a private school issue. And, and some people think that Folsom's so good that it should be only playing modern days, De La Salle's, Boston. But Folsom's not at that level. Folsom has not beaten De La Salle's, 0-3 against them this decade, 14 nothing this season, and then 2012-2013 in the playoffs were one-sided. And as great as, modern, as De La Salle is, De La Salle got mowed under by modern day in the state open division finals last year. So there's a huge gap from De La Salle just to modern day and St. John Bosco, another powerhouse for the California. So that means there's a bigger gap with Folsom in those schools. So it's an interesting debate. People love to get on social media. Everybody's an expert on Facebook and Twitter, and everybody seems to have, oh, well, I know all these kids live here and there. And, and, and I thought Folsom coach Chris Richardson was, was great when he said people just need to shut up and let us do our job. And, um, you know, you're dealing with high school kids. And <laughs> believe me, guys, if Folsom was bending rules, people would find out the CIF would sit them down and hammer hard. And the coaches in the league are clear in that they're saying that Folsom's not cheating, they're not breaking rules, but Folsom has different rules, open enrollment, things like that. So very topical, very interesting. Uh, I don't think some of the schools wanted us to report on it. They, they were hoped that we just kind of bury it and not even touch it. I had one principal tell me, well, we'll let you know when it's newsworthy. I said, no, I'm telling you right now it's newsworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not going to have the administration tell us what's news or not. Um, if you're discussing it and having an open forum meeting, it needs to get out. Um, and so uh, maybe I'll attend one of those meetings and, and see how that goes. Joe, uh, I understand the desire for competitive balance, but one of the things I'm not hearing talked about that you brought up uh, was the the student athlete part of this? It's it's really about them. It's what they should be the focus point of everything over a, a school's image or how competitive uh, or what a school's record is overall. Uh, I'm thinking about it from a from Folsom standpoint in terms of they have built a program uh, that has now has prestige behind it and has a uh, a expectation behind it to do well it's turning out athletes that we're seeing succeed uh beyond just high school we're seeing what jake browning is doing at washington uh and other schools in the area are starting to follow suit a little bit more if anything the competitiveness and and what Folsom brings seems to benefit more than anything else the student athletes themselves and that's not just the students that go uh to Folsom. that's also students that go to bell uh del oro because they're facing really great competition you could talk about oak ridge as well uh De La Salle, all of that, uh, ultimately it should be the students that we're talking about and we're paying the most attention to. Would you agree with that? Yes, and, and the other thing that's important to keep in mind is that Folsom's youth football theater programs, the junior Bulldogs, different layers, have been dominant for 15 years. The bulk of Folsom's six-section championship teams this decade, which also includes three state championships in 2010, 14, and last season, the bulk of those teams were Folsom Junior Bulldog guys. And, yeah, they get guys from out of area, but it's, it's – I mean, people seem to certainly forget that some of the best players, some of the best teams in the region are transfers. Uh, Folsom's – Oakridge's best players, Matt Jenner, quarterback, he's terrific. He, his first two years were at Folsom. And, you know, so people do move, you know, want a fresh start. And what the Nagata brothers did and Caden Bennett's family, um, they, as incoming freshmen, they looked for a school that, that maximized the student-athlete, like exactly what you said. The Nagata brothers and Caden Bennett, they're all terrific students uh, and good citizens. And I know people are upset with Joe Nagata last week. He scored a touchdown and did a finger roll over the uprights, and he had a, a you know a bad clip, late hit type of thing. He got penalized for it, and the, and the Folsom made him – run gassers, he's probably still running up, up Highway 50. So they, um, you know, they, they hold their guys accountable. But, um, you know, Folsom, I'm not defending Folsom, I'm just trying to explain what's going on with Folsom. Folsom is got a terrific reputation athletically across the board, football, basketball, wrestling, girls basketball, um, and also academically. I mean, it, it's, it's charging right along. And so I, I, was, I didn't get this in the story, but I was talking to a couple of realtors, they say that when people look at housing, they want to know the first thing they want to know is how good's the school. And there you go. Man, Granite Bay's a great school. Oak Ridge is a great school. Oak Grove High. 
you know, Wood Creek, Oakmont, they're all good schools. And uh, so it's an interesting deal. This is not to be confused with the chaos that goes on in Southern California where there are so many transfers they can't even police it. Like modern day in Bosco gets between 12 to 18 to 20 transfers a year Mm. each season. Incoming seniors, and there's so many of them they can't police it. So guess what? They play right away. That's out of control. That's that's a real epidemic. Here we get a trickle of it. Joe, I, I maybe I'm just assuming too much, but uh, I think I kind of know where you stand on this. But where do you stand? Do you think it's just cyclical and Folsom's having their run right now, and another team's going to have a great run soon enough, or do you? maybe agree or very least understand where these other teams are coming from and trying to make Folsom go independent. I think in a perfect world that if you grow up in a neighborhood, you go to your neighborhood school. Mm-hmm. But, but that's, that has changed over, not just the years, over the decades. And, you know, there are band members and people who play other sports and, and you know, do theater and choir who go to different schools out of, out of area. I don't think Folsom should go to independent. I think Folsom should stay in the Sierra Foothill League, uh, Foothill, Folsom is not at the De La Salle level. If you haven't beaten De La Salle, then you're not at De La Salle's level. And so it's not a, a private school. Uh, Folsom is a public school. So I think, uh, I think you know, Folsom's in the toughest football league in Northern California. The challenge is on the rest of the Sierra Foothill League to close that gap. Yeah. For years, throughout the 90s and the 2000s, Grant, Football led the area in victories. You know, eight section championships, won the first state championship in this area's history in 2008, 10 years ago. Uh, and, and was its last really good dominant team for Grant was 2014, when 14 and 1 lost to Jake Browning and, and Folsom in the NorCal final. Well, guess what? People closed the gap on Grant. They closed the gap. Mm-hmm. And there was discussion years ago oh, Grant's too good, too, you know, too physical, too fast. And those were all Grant homegrown kids. In the 1970s, it was Cordova. Oh, well, Cordova's got the Air Force base there, and it's not fair and a huge enrollment. Well, after a while, people close the gap. It takes a while. So, um, you know, Folsom, Folsom shouldn't have to move to become independent. Now, if Folsom had a, a whole bunch of incoming juniors and seniors every year, guess what? They'd have to sit out a year, mm-hmm. or they'd have to sit out half a season. You know, this, this, this section has rules against that, so to kind of diffuse that. Uh, Pierre Chandon is a senior transfer who came. He's a defensive end standout, played his first game last week at defensive end for Folsom out of Reno. Um, but he moved to Folsom and enrolled in February. They still made him. The section still made him sit out half the regular season because it was not a full family move. So the section's well aware of these transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, you know, it's um, so to answer your question, no, I think Folsom should stay put and. Uh, people say, well, they should schedule tougher teams. It's not as easy as just saying, let's take on modern day or Bosco. It took three or four years to get Dale Sal on the schedule. Not because anybody's ducking somebody. It has to line up. The weeks have to line up. And a lot of these contracts are two-year contracts or four-year contracts. You can't just break a contract um, you know, that easily. So you know, it's easy for people to force them out to play teams in Texas. Who's going to pay for that? Yeah. You know, and, uh, th- those kind of things. So. So, interesting discussion, that's for sure. And I think it's going to continue as long as Folsom keeps rolling along. Definitely. Joe, last one for this this topic here. Uh, for my own just curiosity, when a team goes independent, how do how do playoffs and championships work? Are there enough independent teams within California that they work something out, or is it nationwide? How, how does that happen? Well, you could find enough games. That would be hard. Um, you know, certainly Folsom would hate to have to play just eight games because yeah. they couldn't find ten. But here's the thing that's interesting that's in that story is if Folsom, it's not going to happen, but if Folsom somehow in a huge unlikelihood became independent, well, Grant said they'd still play them. Uh, Oakridge said that it would still play Folsom, so they would still get some neighborhood games, local games, and, and then Folsom would still be eligible to play in the Sacco King section. Basically, these Sierra Foothill League coaches are saying, what are we all playing for? You know, uh, you know, we we can't beat Folsom, so what are we playing for? Well, play for a chance to beat beat Folsom. Yeah. And Oakridge has an interesting point here: is the one hurdle for Oakridge this decade has been Folsom League championships, section championships, the same division. 
But for Granite Bay and Del Oro, those programs have lost to Folsom in the regular season and then gone on to win section championships or state championships or both. So because they go in a different division. So there, there are prizes there to be had. Um, and these coaches insist it's not sour grapes. That's just saying we we're wondering about safety. And Rockland coach Greg Benzel said, sometimes Folsom's so overwhelmingly dominated, you know, our guys are just getting laid out, uh, you know, or just, you know, just beat. Folsom disputes that, doesn't think they're, you know, overwhelmingly people, overwhelming teams that much physically. Uh, but it's, yeah, I'm, I've never seen a story like this. This was, uh, yeah. this was quite a project. Joe, last thing for you, and thank you so much for taking the time, but I want to switch gears. We're going to be having Dave Rosenthal and Casey Freelove. They're the broadcasters uh, for Placer-Hillman football. Uh, and I don't think we've talked with you very much about Placer this year, but we should because they are 7-0 and after uh, beating Rio Linda uh, earlier today in a, a big win there. Uh, we're going to be playing that interview a little bit later today uh, that I had with both of those two guys. Uh, but Placer looks incredible. Uh, what have you seen, and are you surprised by just how they continue to roll those Hillmen up there? Not at all. Did a big story on them uh, earlier this season. Um, and, uh, you know, Placer's old school. Very refreshing. Uh, Joey Montoya is the coach. He went to school there. His grandfather is one of the great coaches in section history. Bill Miller was the – him and co-coach Tom Johnson were the co-coaches uh, for Placer's heyday in the 1970s and early 80s. Uh, still play on a grass field. They like that. They run the wing tee. Uh, 17 starters back this season from a team that went to a CIS state championship game, Division Four championship game. So the real deal, uh, we have them ranked fourth, which is the highest classer has been ranked by the B since 1981. Um, it's just, it's just you know, normally those are reserved for your Division One teams, but it's it's the real deal. And, and Placer um, – in the playoffs, if we shoot ahead, should be in Division Three, and it could be a great showdown with a team like Capital Christian on Buffalo. You know, could could be two unbeaten teams in a section final. Wouldn't that be something with those two teams? Um, so they're the real deal. Joey Kapler is a, a, a big left tackle who's going to Oregon where his brother plays. So he's a terrific student athlete. They get guys with great names like Hans Grassman. You know, how's that for a, a running back? Um, hmm. And, uh, you know, so just guys whose fathers played for the program years ago. Um, it's a true hometown type of vibe. You know, the town of Auburn up in the foothills loves its football and, and you know, and, and, and got a great team to root for and, and celebrate. And they do it the right way. They, uh, they play hard. They're good. They're involved in the community. Um, good sportsmen. Um, great media coverage. The Auburn Journal, we have good friends up there. Mike Ray is a good friend of mine. You know, the, the, the Colfax Record, the Gold um, Gold Media News Services, and the radio guys that you talk to, uh, they do just terrific work. So uh, a lot to talk about with that, that team. That's, uh, that's a team that could not they could, they could just run the table and, just, and not lose a game. Joe, thank you so much again for uh, taking the time. As always, we look forward to ta- uh, chatting with you again next week. Have yourself a uh, good and safe rest of the night and week next week, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Always good. Talk soon. Thanks, Joe. That is Joe Davidson from the He's Sacramento the Bee, the high school football guru. Great story. If you haven't read that story and checked out that story that we talked about mainly about uh, about Folsom and that program, you need to go to the Sacramento Bee right now. And if you don't have a subscription to the Sacramento Bee, Do for it. the small price that you pay, the not just from Joe, but just in general, the stuff that you get from the Sacramento Bee is top-notch, world-class, uh, and uh, you need to be reading Joe's work each and every single day. You talk about someone who Joe dedicates – himself to high school football reporting more than you see NFL national reporters do. Uh, You're basically getting the same thing uh, from NFL.com that you are getting uh, on the Sacramento Bee. So it is fantastic stuff, and we thank Joe uh, for this, joining us this each and every week. This story is absolutely wild. I mean, you guys definitely need to check it out, and great job by Joe and the team down at the Bee. And it's just, it's more than just football. Like, it's more than just, hey, this is what happened during the game. Like, it, it, it is great stuff, and uh, I was kind of blown away reading it. I'm sure we'll talk about it more throughout the show, too. We are going to take the break. When we come back, we have more scores to share with you. Uh, plus, we have our uh, Cal Fit Player of the Week yes, and more plenty to get to, including an interview with Dave Rosenthal and Casey Freelove, the voices of Placer Hillman football. All of that coming up here next on Friday Night Football. Welcome to Friday Night Football. 
Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show, presented by Wingstop. Ready? Ready? Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Big thank you, as always, to the one and only Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee for joining us. And you can check out, once again, that uh, incredible article that he and the rest of the crew of the Sacramento Bee have up right now explaining the whole Folsom situation. If you need a little more backstory, uh, Chuck is going to be talking about that in more detail again here in just a little bit. But before we get to that, let's get to the scoreboard. And I have to share with you, uh, the voting is up right now for the Stockton Honda Game of the Week for next week. But let's get to some scores. Hit the button in there, Chris, and let's run through the scoreboard. Uh, for another week of high school football action. Valley and Natomas. Natomas at home, and they get the job done 38-24. to 24. They continue to roll. Endercombe taking on River Valley. Endercombe gets the W, remains undefeated. They put up 43, River Valley put up zero. That was our game of the week yes, this week. And uh, speaking of rolling and undefeated, Del Oro. They just are incredible, and we talked with Joe about them setting up uh, themselves up nicely for the end of the season matchup against Folsom. They just continue to steamroll as they beat Oak Ridge at home, fifty-six to twenty-one. Burbank taking on River City. Burbank puts up the fifty-one burger. They get the W, fifty-one to twelve. Oakmont. Heads to Nevada Union and gets the win, twenty-nine to twenty. They have a big one against Placer next week, so some much-needed momentum heading into that one. El Dorado taking on Rosemont. El Dorado gets the win in another close game. I love these close ones. El Dorado 28, Rosemont 27. How about this for a high-scoring and close affair? Highlands and Golden Sierra. This one went all the way down to the wire. The final, Highlands gets the win at home 65-64. to Monterey Trail taking on JFK. That's right, John F. Kennedy. And Monterey Trail puts up the precise... 50 burger. They get the W 50 to nothing. Another high scoring affair. 90 points in total as Vacaville beats Vanden at Vanden 55 to 35. Argonaut taking on Sonora. Sonora gets the relatively easy win as they beat Argonaut 41 to 7. Calaveras 21 at Somerville 14. Calaveras gets a much needed win. Liberty Ranch taking on Union Mine. A defensive battle here as they win 14 to 6. Placer beat Rio Linda 48 to 23. We're going to be talking about that game in detail here in just a little bit with the broadcasters for Plaster Hillman football Dave Rosenthal and Casey Freelove. McClatchy taking on Laguna Creek. McClatchy gets the W24-18. Final one for you. Colfax continues their dominance on both ends of the ball. Offensively, they put up 43 points. Defensively, they hold Marysville to nothing. 43-0. The final Colfax remains undefeated. They are a team that we have to keep our eyes on here as we transition to the Stockton Honda Game of the Week vote that is up right now on KHDK.com. What you need to do uh, is during commercial break, because you got to pay attention to us while we're actually on yeah. the air, or at any time next week, you need to head to KHDK.com and vote on our f- one of five games to be our Stockton Honda Game of the Week next week. And I was told uh, by our digital apartment here at KHDK that we had a uh, a record year uh, or week this week, excuse me, uh, of votes and amount of people that are sending in and pitching games uh, for next week. So keep sending those in. We appreciate it uh, as it just continues to grow and grow. But here are the five games you can vote on right now. Highlands at San Juan, Bella Vista at River Valley, Placer at Oakmont, Nevada Union at Palm Ponderosa and Rio Linda at Lincoln. Five great games that you can vote on right now for the Stockton Honda game of the week. Chuck, we just had a great conversation with Joe Davidson uh, about sure this uh, this fulsome situation. Uh, there was more from this article that we didn't get to in that conversation with him that intrigued you uh, and that you wanted to share. Well, yeah, I just, uh, you know, driving in tonight, I, former, you know, high school football player myself, man. High school I, legend. Yeah, you know, in my own mind, but... I I just I loved it, man. It was such a great time, and I don't know why tonight it just felt I was I was fired up, man. Driving in the sunset, I drove past a couple of the fields on the way in, and I was just juiced. I was just jacked up, and I, it, this is the most excited I've been. I don't know why, but uh, 
you know, just football, man. It's just the best. <laughs> and I, I it, uh, it's that October air, man. Yeah, exactly. The October air, the weather's getting just a little colder, beautiful sunset, man. I see them setting up for the game. I was just really fired up and something stuck out to me in the, the Folsom article is the Bulldogs want to stay in the league that is known for sellout crowds, which provide an atmosphere for players, students, and fans. And I couldn't agree more. First off, I, I've let it be known. I think Folsom should not go independent. They should stay where they are. And I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, Joe Davidson mentioned it, that uh, they probably don't have the votes to make them uh, go independent. But just the atmosphere, the the experience of being a local high school team and playing other local high schools, I don't think is something that should be lost on a team that has had a nice run. I mean, the 10-year run has been great. But to, to try and force them out, I'm, I'm, I'm not really down with. Well, I really like what you said, Chuck, because it's, it's teams that make runs. And Joe also talked about the fact that it forces other teams to mm-hmm. adapt and, and, and to grow and their to get run, better. You know? He talked about Grant having their run. And then, I mean, could we be seeing the start of Del Oro's run as just the, the second year uh, of Walters as head coach there, Jeff Walters, and he's been able to put together as great of a team as we're seeing from the Golden Eagles. Could they be starting something? If anything, and, and what I was trying to bring up in my very long and convoluted question and an opinion uh, too. Uh, Joe, was the fact that competition brings out the best in mm-hmm. all schools. And just because Folsom is the juggernaut, and yes, they continue to win, uh, that's one thing. And I, again, I, I understand the desire to have close competition and for things to be competitive. Uh, but if nothing else, I attribute a lot of the fact that how many teams in this region are getting better and improving and turning out college caliber and even potentially NFL caliber players because they're trying to do as best as they can to be able to match up with or beat Folsom. I think it's fantastic for the region and fantastic for high school football. Also in the article, the average score is 48-10 Folsom. I mean, look, I get it. They're, they're dominant. But in my day, in my back in my day, and this is something I was thinking about on the drive-in too, is you got you got to be a little crazy to really love football and play football, like to to get run over by a guy bigger than you and get up and do it again is not everyone has that mentality. And I understand the idea that, you know, Deshaun Lynch, who is a DN for Folsom is, you know, six four, two sixty five, two seventy, whatever. The guy's a beast. And he is going up against some smaller players. But look, I was in here with Carson Jarrett and Charlie Rogers last week and I even said it on air. Uh these guys are beasts themselves. Like it it it's not as if they're going up against guys from my high school who were, look, uh, Carson Jarrett, their quarterback at, at, at Del Oro, might have been playing tackle at my high school. Like, this this is high-level football, and I think it should stay the way it is. And it's just, it's it's a shame that this has happened and it's come out this way, but I think it's going to remain the same. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. Threw, threw me off. Well, I Great think- article, crazy story. I think Folsom's going to remain where they are. What's interesting about your opinion on all of this, and it didn't surprise me, but I thought it was uh, a good nugget to bring up, is you're not coming from, in your high school playing days, of playing on a juggernaut like Folsom. You're coming from a team that had to battle those yeah, juggernauts yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah, who, and it who brought lost out, the, and the 60 lo- to 6 games. Right, but it brought out the best in you, and you looked forward to those games as a player. So I think it's important for the listening audience to understand that you're hearing from someone who was in those huddles, who was on the sidelines of those games where you are going up against these beast schools, and they're really uh, sticking it to you, but yeah. you're <laughs> able to just overcome and play up to that competition. So this is nothing new what's happening at Folsom. No, I'm definitely not talking from the perspective of, you know, I, I was on a team that, you know, went undefeated for four years, and and I think other people should have that experience. I was on the other side of the butt whoopings, um, and it's just, it's part of it. It's absolutely part of it. Now, if the physical safety of other teams, if that is a real concern, a legitimate concern that players are getting hurt, which I haven't heard reported besides this article that coaches are making that argument, but it hasn't been reported that, you know, multiple kids are leaving games because they're hurt when they play Folsom, anything like that. If that's a very legitimate argument, yeah, I could see that. But for the most part, you're playing football. It's a physical game. You're going to go up against guys that are bigger than you. You're going to go up against guys that are smaller than you. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how it ends, uh, a play ends, you might get run over, you might run someone else over. You know what you have to do? You have to get up and do it again. And that's just high school football, man. I... I, uh, I agree with with what Joe said. I agree with the the article. I think Folsom should be right where they are. Chris, what yeah. do you think about this whole situation? 
I also like to hear, like like Joe said, that schools like Grant and Del Oro aren't backing down from the challenge. Yeah. I think I think that's huge. That it's it's not a, a collective. You know, um, he he said uh, Bobby Frescas felt like Folsom was being attacked, and, and it's nice to hear that there's still some other schools that are uh, backing Folsom. You and know? it's not just other schools, Chris. It's their direct competition. Exactly. And that's what's it's their biggest rivals that are standing up for them, which I think speaks and uh, speaks wonders. Yeah. I also love that that not only are their their game, they said, look, if they go independent, we're still going to play them. Yeah. I don't care if they're independent. They'll still come in and play us. A uh, little, little story from back in my day, uh, because transfers got brought up. Mm-hmm. Transfers for, you know, coming into to Folsom, which they, they dispute. Uh, Khalil Bell, former UCLA running back, played with the Jets and the Bears. He actually holds the record for the longest run, longest first carry in the NFL by a rookie uh, it was 72 yards for the Bears. He transferred to a rival high school of mine uh, back in back in the Bay Area mm-hmm. when he was a junior. I, I didn't like it, but we still had to play him twice, and he still ran over us uh, for, for a couple years. Um, and it, it was Marin Catholic, hell of a player, but it was all above board. There's nothing you can do about it. And Marin Catholic is also the home of Jared Goff. That's where Jared Goff went to high school, and Jared Goff is homegrown. There's nothing... Nothing you can do about about a certain number of transfers. Joe mentioned how SoCal is very different, and they can't even really contain it because it's so rampant. But little stuff like that, there's nothing you can do. It's above board. It's within the rules, and you just have to deal with it. Again, check out that full article right now on the Sacramento Bee or SacBee.com. Uh, we are going to take the break. When we come back, we have to give out our award for the California Family Fitness Player of the Week, and I have this interview to play for you. Dave Rosenthal and Casey Freelove, uh, the Radio broadcasters for Placer Hillman football as they called the game tonight as Placer is now 7-0. and That is coming up right here on KHDK next Friday Night Football. Welcome to Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now back to more of the Friday Night Football Show presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Welcome back into Friday Night Football here on Sports 1140 KHDK. My name is Matt George, joined by former high school football lineman and legend. I'm just going to call you a legend because I have in the oh. back of my head this 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 image of Charles T. Hamilton just blocking everything that came at his quarterback's way. So that is my co-host, the legendary high school football lineman, one Charles T. Hamilton. I'll allow it. I'll and then uh, Christian Brothers' own Chris Watkins in the other room. What up, Chris? What's going on, y'all? We still got so much to get to here, including our California Fitness Player of the Week. Charles, you got the name to share. Who gets the honor this week? I sure do, Matthew. The California Family Fit Player of the Week is Jeremiah Bonner Hayes, running back for Bradshaw Christian. They got the W last week, 50-22 to against Liberty Ranch. Bonner Hayes had 181 on 11 carries. That's like a 16-something average. Wow. He's got 8.7 yards per carry on the year. That's his average. Bradshaw Christian is 4-2 and two on the year. The guy's the engine behind the team. I mean, he – and when you put up 181 on 11 carries, you know what that says to me? You probably were out of there in, like, the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Probably could have had another 11. But, you know, I like I said, I've been on the, the losing end of these these games – uh, there have been plenty of starting running backs that could have gotten probably twice as many carries and put up twice as many yards against us, but their coach showed mercy, and that's kind of what it sounds like this week. It's guys like that that make you forget how hard it is to move the sticks in football. Man. But the fact that your back can give you eight yards a carry, four downs seems unfair three seems unfair you might as well make it two down football (laughs) for what these guys play Uh, but congratulations to uh to that athlete and that young man for winning our california family fitness player of the week if you want to nominate some players for next week's award you can do so right now on khtk.com you can also see our full list of all of our award winners all season long there khtk.com just uh, on our main page you'll find uh the uh stockton honda game of the week that you can vote on and you can find our california fitness player of the week both of those available for you right now on khdk.com you are listening to friday night football brought to you and presented by Wingstop. and now it's time to uh, get to an interview uh that i did earlier following placer's win 
They are now 7-0, and oh, and there are two gentlemen that are at every single Placer game because they call every single Placer game for K-High. It's Dave Rosenthal and Casey Freelove. Uh, they joined me and spent a few minutes sharing uh, their thoughts from not just that game, uh, but just this team overall and their ambitions of where they're looking to go. Placer-Hillman football has been... Uh... To say it was off the hook or has been off the hook this season feels like a massive understatement. They are now 7-0 and after a big win tonight over Rio Linda. That was 5-1 and heading into this game. Now they're 5-2. and Placer does it on the road 48-23, to and they are rolling a lot of offense in the first three quarters. They didn't even need to score in the fourth quarter to cement this victory here today, and I'm excited to be joined by Casey Freelove and Dave Rosenthal. They are the voices of Placer-Hillman football on K-High, uh, and they're here to break down this uh, 48-23 final victory here uh, and share with us uh, just how this Placer season has been going. Dave, Casey, welcome into Friday Night Football. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Uh, seemed like an absolute fun one to call here tonight. Uh, no doubt about it, Matt. It, it was, you know, another typical Hillman football game. Uh, we always like to say if you get stopped twice, you really don't have much of a chance. And, of course, the key to this team, besides a great bevy of backs, and we'll get to those in a minute, is the offensive line, right, Case? Absolutely. They've got two Division One bound offensive linemen. Senior tackle Joey Capra is on the right side. He's going to Oregon on a scholarship. And then senior left tackle Blake Bachman, number 64, going to the University of Nevada, Reno. And when you run a wing T offense that is based on being able to have big boys block up front, well, it, when it works, it works like this. Placer rolling up 678 yards of offense tonight against a Rio Linda Knights team that we thought might give them a better challenge. Well, the problem with this game was there was too much Marshall Chapman and too much Hans Grossman. Uh, those two running backs, each of them had over 200 yards tonight. Chapman had 225 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Grossman rushed for 247 and four touchdowns, and that was pretty much the ball game. Rio Linda did have the misfortune of having their number one quarterback, Tyson Ibarra, go down uh, somewhere in the second quarter. We found out that he wasn't going to return for the rest of the game. They had to bring Abraham Banks in, one of their running backs, to play quarterback for the remainder. But by that time, the game was out of, out of reach for Rio Linda. They just could not match the firepower of the Hillman. Actually, Rio Linda went up 7 nothing in this game, and then Plaster scored, turned around and scored how many unanswered? Uh, what, 41 unanswered after that for the Hillman. So it was just another night of Hillman football. We like to refer to it as the most entertaining product in the North State. And if you do have a chance to come out and watch these Hillmen, you will not be disappointed, Matt. Uh, gents, tell me about the wing T offense. We've heard uh, Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee talk about it. I know a, a plethora of different schools in the greater California area. Uh, they do play uh, and run that offense. You talked about how important it is to have a strong offensive line to run that effectively. But obviously at Placer being 7-0, and things have to be just clicking from perfection right out of the gate. The coaching staff has to have a good discipline by his players in order to run this wing T offense effectively. Uh, maybe as good as you've seen it here in Placer? Yeah, we've been covering this team for four years together, and this is definitely, I would say arguably, but probably their best team. They've got a junior. He's just 16 years old. His name's Hans Grossman. He is six foot three, 220 pounds, and he's got himself 15 touchdowns and over 1,000 yards rushing. Wow. He's the fullback, Matt. Wow. And the running back, Marshall Chapman, who we call the Marshall Plan. Well, when he gets going, he's got himself on the season uh, over 800 yards of offense, and 23 touchdowns. So you do the math there on that. This team is putting up points at a clip that we've never seen in our four years covering them together. And let me add in there that, you know, the wing T was a prolific offense back in the 90s around the region. And the reason people ran it is because you didn't need oversized linemen. It was built on deception, not really blocking out, but turning your defensive player to get those running backs and those halfbacks to go behind those blocks. But when you can do it with what amounts to basically a Pac-12 line and you dominate teams the way they have, uh, that's why we see scores like we've seen. They put up 70, 70, and 69 already this season on some opponents, one of those being Bishop Minogue, at the time the number eight team in the Nevada rankings. But I really think the key to this whole thing is they've got a third-year quarterback who started and took them to a section final his sophomore year, started and took them to a section final his junior year, and took them to a state final where they lost to Crenshaw in L.A., 
by three last December. And his name is Michael Stuck, and he's also received, I believe, a Division three offer just this week. So when you've got a quarterback of that pedigree who knows how to run this offense, plus the line that we've spoken about, and you've got those big backs behind you, it's really unstoppable. And again, if Placer manages to get one or two stops in a game on defense, the other team is overwhelmed. They're not going to catch up, and that's what happened to Rio Linda tonight in a game that we thought was going to be a lot closer. The score, it was 48-23, but it really wasn't that close. Dave, you mentioned the wing tee has been around uh, for quite a while, so obviously more and more schools and defenses have been able to to find out how to stop it. One of the advantages of the wing tee, like you talked about, is that deception. Uh, so it can be confusing for defenses to try and cover, but can it be just as or it can be just as confusing for offenses to run it effectively? But it seems like Placer has gotten this down right from the get go. How comfortable is this offense from top to bottom uh, with this offensive style? And and you got to give credit to the coaching staff for getting them that ready well you really have give credit to the whole program they run this from the junior level basically pop warner all the way up so by the time these kids get into their freshman year of high school they've been running this offense for four or five six years then they run it for another four plus the repetition the repetition the repetition the coaching is wonderful coach joey montoya and his staff probably amongst the best staffs in all of northern california and joe learned this up at Nevada Union under Dave Humphers, who was one of the great gurus of the wing tee, again in the 90s when Nevada Union was dominating teams with this offense. Every year it seemed to come down to the Nevada Union wing tee against the Grant run, grind, and pound it out with their big offensive lines and quick backs. So those were the two teams that dominated it. Right now I know Placer runs it pretty effectively. Is it Antelope? Intercom is the other team that runs it, but we sat with Mark Billingsley of the B, one of Joe Davidson's contemporaries, and he thinks that the Placer team runs it even more crisply than they do at Intercom and is a little bit bigger. So again, size, deception, plus the ability to have run this thing from Peewees on up, by the time they get to the senior year, they really know what they're doing, and a lot of teams around, everybody's gone to the spread now. And so week in and week out, you're trying to defense against the spread. Well, the spread means you've got to try to maybe get a pass rush, but drop people back in coverage. You don't know how to load the box. So if you try to load the box and you haven't done it against a team like Placer, you're going to see running backs coming at you. And at the size of these guys, by about the midway through the third quarter, if the first string plays that long, you're worn out. You're like, I don't want to see this guy coming at me. This 25 is going to hurt me. I'm just going to let him go. And that's why you see some of the lopsided scores you've seen this year for Placer football. Casey, we love talking about offense. Obviously, we pay attention to points scored, and uh, that gets most of the attention. Uh, but to be 7-0, and you have to have an effective defense as well. Can you share a little bit about how good this team is defensively uh, and how well they're lining up on that side of the ball? Absolutely. Placer led by defensive coordinator Eric Rodardi, and the, the scheme has really come together well this year. They run kind of a base 4-3, so you see it across high school football. But they're led by a linebacker, Chase Laguana Scott, who's playing his third year at the varsity level. He's got a team lead of over 40 tackles, had an interception for a touchdown two weeks ago, and they don't have to play very many players both ways, Matt. That's one of the keys. They've got enough uh, people on this 55-man roster that they can pretty much go all offense and all defense, save for Brad Bishop, who plays an excellent linebacker himself and also plays the wingback. But the bottom line is this defense week after week is focused on improving, and I would say the biggest difference compared to years past is the gang tackling mentality. You'll oftentimes see the defensive linemen led by Micah Yoakum and Jesus Castillo and Chandler Dakin stand up the initial back or receiver uh, there at the line of scrimmage, and then the linebackers kind of come in and clean it up. The safeties have improved their speed there, and so when they're going up against an offense as talented as they have in practice, when you get out there against another team that might have players that are a bit slower, it really is uh, basically being exhibited there, and I think that's been the key focal point of the offseason. They knew their offense was going to put up a lot of points, The key is, as Dave said earlier, get a couple of stops. You can stop a team two, three, four times in a game. You know your offense is not going to be stopped, and that's really been the difference in some of these lopsided scores. One last point, if you look at Placer's scores, as Dave was saying earlier, it could be 70 every week. Coach Montoya is is very good in making sure that everybody that comes out to practice gets a chance to play when the score allows that to occur. So in the second half, we see a lot of guys that I don't want to call them backups because they're future starters, but they get a chance to get some game action. So the bottom line, if, you know, Lord forbid an injury should happen, the next man up mentality has certainly been instilled uh, in this defense and, of course, in the offense.
Dave, we talked uh, not too long ago about how this team has a lot of uh, returning seniors and a lot of, so this core has been established for quite a while. Uh, but does pla- does there look like there's going to be a drop-off in store from these next guys up who are going to be taking over in years to come, or is Placer really built to continue to be a juggernaut uh, through the next uh, decade? Based on the coaching, based on the way that they bring them up through their system, and looking at the size, the junior varsity team that I had a chance to call a game for a week ago against Nevada Union has some very, very good players. That junior varsity team is stacked top to bottom. They're all sophomores. We had 17 returning starters from last year's state champion final, and I believe four of those were juniors a year ago. So those four juniors with the core of these kids coming up next year, there might be a drop-off size-wise, but talent-wise, Looking at the backs that we've seen run this year and looking at some of the guys that are coming in to play the offensive and defensive positions, it, it won't be a drop-off of much. I do continue to I, – I think this program will continue to excel as a program. And, again, it's like a brotherhood up there on the Hill. These kids really truly do pull for each other. They love each other, and they play for each other, and it shows on the field. Gentlemen, last thing for you. I love talking to media guys and broadcasters because they, they aren't – I'm not going to get the typical coaching answer of when I ask about uh, the end game or the playoffs or things in the future. They always talk about, oh, we're taking it one week at a time or one team in one game at a time. Uh, what is the end game really for this Placer Hillman team? It's great to be 7-0, and but you mentioned the state championship, obviously trying to get back there. What is the ultimate goal for Placer Hillman football by the end of this uh, this calendar year? Well, Matt, Placer finds themselves in the most unique of positions because last year, you know how it's based on enrollment where you go in the playoffs. They were in Division Four, made it all the way to the state championship game, losing by three points to Crenshaw in an epic battle. But this year they've been bumped up into Division Three in this newly found Foothill Valley League. The thing is, as Dave said, 17 returning starters certainly makes it a little bit easier when you have to transition. So in a way, it's just kind of the perfect storm of things coming together. Now, if Placer goes undefeated, they will be in the Division Three bracket. And from what we've seen, as you said, we're going to give you the media guy answer. They don't look like they're going to lose to anybody in the regular season. Awesome. It's going to be a, a tough Division Three playoff, considering you're going up against schools that every single week in the playoffs will have a much larger enrollment. Placer only has 1,350 students. A lot of the teams they're going to be playing could have upwards of 1,600, 17, 1,800. It just depends. At the end of the line is going to be a tough section championship game, potentially against Capital Christian. Maybe a team that has a smaller enrollment than Placer, probably the only one. A private school that, you know, has the ability to to do what they do. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of good teams in Division III, so it's going to be a very exciting Division III playoff run. But to get back to your initial question, it's state championship or bust. These kids have been working towards this their entire lives. They recognize that this is the greatest roster of talent they've ever played with as a unit, and I think that they have their eyes set on – getting back and winning the Northern California State Bowl championship game as they did against Salinas last year and moving on and taking that final step to hoist the California State Championship trophy at the end of 2017 in the first weekend of December. That is Casey Freelove and Dave Rosenthal, the voices of Placer Hillman High School football. Uh, you can check them out and listen to all their games on K-High. Guys, we definitely have to have you back on here uh, in the coming weeks to continue to follow Placer's trek, hopefully back uh, to that state championship. Guys, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Great call tonight. We will do it again very soon here on Friday Night Football. Appreciate the effort, Matthew. Always good to hear from you, and thanks so much. And it's great to be at Hillman. That is Dave Rosenthal and Casey Freelove. Again, thanks to those two for uh, joining me here. Uh, the voices of Placer Hillman football. Uh, they were going to be, or they are going to be joining us in the uh, in the very near future as we continue to keep an eye on what Placer is doing. They have just been a juggernaut team all year long, seven and zero, oh, and still rolling as they take on Oakmont at Oakmont next week. We'll take the break, come back for one final segment, look at our full scoreboard, and uh, rehash the. Uh, California Family Fitness Player of the Week and the Stockton Honda Game of the Weeks that are up right now on KHDK.com. Don't go anywhere. This is Friday Night Football. Welcome to Don't play a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Final segment here of Friday Night Football, and we hope everybody has been enjoying this one. Another great week of action and more to come as we are officially in the month of October, one of my favorite months uh, just for sports in general. But you can feel that shift in the air, the change of temperature, just fall. 
fall being here and being in full form. And when you think of fall, uh, you don't just think of professional football. You especially think of high school football if you live in this region. And I don't think, and I say it a hundred times, I don't think we understand how fortunate we are as a community to live in a region that is so rich with talent uh, in high school football. And people are just finally starting to take notice because of names like Jake Browning, uh, Eric Armstead, uh, Shaq Thompson. I mean, this is just the, in my opinion, the tip of the iceberg. And like Joe Davidson Holden has Miller, said, Eddie Vanderdose. there's going to be so many more names that we're going to recognize as from our backyards, guys that Williams. we saw grow up that come through and are going to be playing for an NFL team sometime. And that gives me a sense of pride knowing that this was my community. I went to school in this area. Uh, so it's just a, an absolute pleasure to be able to do this show and to cover all these great student athletes and all these great programs here uh, that give their heart and soul to uh, to football on a nightly basis. My name is Matt George, joined by Charles D. Hamilton and Chris Watkins uh, in the other room. And all of us have ties here uh, to the Sacramento area. We got to talk about uh, the Intercom Tigers as they uh, beat the River Valley Falcons 43 to nothing. They were our game of the week. But before we get to that, Chris, we got to get through one final scoreboard here on Friday Night Football. Starting out with one that hurts me a little bit. Wood Creek was undefeated when I was last here. They lost to Intercom last week and now fall to Antelope in a very close one. At Antelope, 27-25, Antelope gets the win over my Timberwolves. McClatchy taking on Laguna Creek. McClatchy gets the W, 24-18. Jesuit has been going through an up-and-down season. They have not been afraid to face a lot of competition, but flexed on Elk Grove tonight, 42-21. They get the W. East Nicholas taking on Trinity. East Nicholas. Puts up 57, Trinity puts up zero. How about this? A defensive battle, Chuck, as Union Mine and Liberty Ranch went toe-to-toe, but Liberty Ranch not able to put up more than six points. Union Mine gets the victory 14-6. Oak Ridge taking on Del Oro. Thought this might be a little closer of a game, but Del Oro just doing what they do, man. Put up 56, Oak Ridge puts up 21. Another low-scoring affair. This looks like an NFL final score. Consumness Oaks beats Franklin 21-7 at home. El Dorado taking on Rosemont. Another close one. El Dorado gets the win, 28-27. to 27. Lincoln holding down the fort well at home. They put up 35 points on Ponderosa. They win 35-28. Oakmont taking on Nevada Union. Oakmont with the close win, 29-20. to 20. Foothill, 24 at center, 14. Foothill gets the win. Folsom taking on Whitney. Folsom puts up 63, as they usually do. Whitney puts up seven. Oakmont on the road beats Nevada Union 29-20. to They now have a tough game at home against the undefeated Placer Hillman next week. You can vote for that game right now on the uh, the Stockton Honda game of the week at cagedk.com. Vacaville and Vanden going head-to-head. Vacaville puts up 55. Vanden 35. St. Mary's puts up 42 points. Lodi just struggling offensively. They could not get anything going at home. They fall 42-8. to Escalon taking on Riverbank. Escalon 62, Riverbank 6. A big game between Grant and Rockland. Joe shared this one with us, went down to the wire, but Grant was able to get the late touchdown at home. They win 41-36. to Argonaut taking on Sonora, going head-to-head. Sonora gets the W, 41-7. to Final one for you, Colfax tops Marysville. Colfax continues to roll. They are undefeated offensively. They put up 43. Defensively, they hold Marysville to nothing. Look out for those Colfax Eagles, man. They are the real deal up there. That is the full scoreboard for you, which you can check out at any time on khtk.com. Along at khtk.com, you can also vote on the Stockton Honda Game of the Week. And this week's was the Intercom Tigers hosting the River Valley Falcons and Intercom, their defense showed up in a major way, holding River Valley to zero points. They scored 30 points, Intercom did, Chuck, in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes, thir- or f- 30 points. That's pretty incredible. That's right. Must mean they only put up six in the first quarter since they were up 36 nothing at half. Another great job uh, on the game of the week. We've got some good ones this year so far. Intercom, 36 nothing at half. Raymond Brown breaks off a 67-yard rushing touchdown in the second half. Give you the final of 43-0. Intercom's, I mean, they're running through teams this year, man. Still undefeated again, and I'm glad we got to Placer this week. Intercom's another team we're going to have to get to more. There are teams that 
that are undefeated playing great ball that we definitely need to focus on a little more moving forward, and Intercom is definitely one of them. Placer, Intercom, Colfax, Del Oro, Folsom. The Monterey Trail also. Monterey Trail yeah. as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Bear Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there are just so many teams right now that are undefeated. And then you talk about Folsom. They're not undefeated uh, because of the loss at the beginning of the season to De La Salle, but they're still very much the, the dominant Bulldogs that they are. Like I said at the beginning of the segment, man, there's so many good programs and our, in this our area. Twitter account put out a uh a a little video of them they were at the game and it's another thing that got me pretty fired up was just seeing all the kids coming out in these clean all black unis i mean look if you played football you understand there's so much more to football than just the game it's the man. look man the clean all black unis they had the neck roll the shooting sleeve the gloves like that was all me man i'd made sure to go decked out every game the visors oh man look good I, play good uh, yes exactly look good play good pay good eat good that's the Deion Sanders uh, quote, so, you guys. I'm about to blow your mind, both of your minds. Believe it or not, I never played high school football. Mind blown. Based off of my physique and my natural athletic ability, uh, that clearly. might surprise you. Uh, but one of the things in high school that any every guy, I'm convinced every guy, whether whatever social class you're in, nerd, jock, theater, whatever, geek, who cares? When you see on Friday night game days the the football players walking around, they're in the they're in the nice pants. They got the tie and dress shirt with the jersey over it. You always got a little excited and a little bit jealous of those guys because they just always look so clean with the jerseys on the outside. Did you do that on game days? No, on we Fridays? didn't. We didn't do all that. But I trust no? me, I was clean. I had the jersey on, oh, the man. Letterman, the the. Uh, you know, we we what were our colors? Red and blue. So I would have like a red and blue you hat. Were, you were a Letterman in. guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. How else are people going to know you play? Yeah, exactly. What, what I'm going to tell them? Yeah. I'm not going to wear your class. Yeah, I would have my Air Force Ones on match. Like, your boy came super clean. I, I No offense to the guys that have to wear the suit and tie and all that, but, I look, I would rather kind of coordinate myself. And Chuck's winning once he comes off the bus. Believe that. First off the bus. No, you're, not, you're not fooling anybody because everybody at that campus already knew who Charles T. Hamilton was. Sunglasses. Big so man on like, campus. They I didn't need a jersey. It. They didn't need a Letterman jacket to know who Charles T. Hamilton was. I don't know was. why it was this week, but man, this week got me fired up, got me real reminiscent. Like It, it was just the best, dude. I, I love football. I love high school football. And just seeing uh, the, the video of Indercom coming out, just like one of the one of the forgotten parts of just what's so great about football. Well, hopefully you're just as fired up about next week because we got five great games available for you right now for the Stockton Honda game of the week that you can vote on at khdk.com so do it. High, uh, Highlands at San Juan, Bella Vista at River Valley, Placer at Oakmont, Nevada Union at Ponderosa and Rio Linda at Lincoln. Vote all week long. The winner uh, polling ends on Wednesday at 11 o'clock and the winner will be announced on Thursday and then of course uh, more coverage for that on next week's Friday Night Football. Joe Davidson will be back already lining up Joe so great. D guests for you in that one uh you're not going to want to miss more friday night football here on khdk it is so great for me to be back and i'm excited to be back once again next week my name is matt george for my partners charles t hamilton the dog charles t hamilton and chris watkins in the other room my name is matt george thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of friday night football right here on sports 1140 khdk